The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. For many of you, your journey began with reading Velikovsky's Worlds in Collision. His theory of multiple worldwide cataclysmic events occurring at regular intervals is a catalyst for further research as he was able to back up all his findings. I continue to conduct these interviews to challenge your thinking. Are you of the school of thought that canyons and gorges were originally quarries that were mined out by the same civilization that built the pyramid-like structures? We receive a lot of messages from engineers, architects, and designers who are history and antiquity enthusiasts. These age-old enigmas, we members of a global species, now find ourselves trying to remember. I think many of us right now are somewhat, quote-unquote, in the know, intuitively, and it doesn't look real promising, with parasitic falling ones desperately deceiving humanity. Wonder opens the mind, and that's a beautiful thing. Even if your history was erased because of some power, don't give up because it flows through your veins. Either Tartaria was an empire, and there has been a conspiracy to conceal it, or thousands of mapmakers and historians in the Middle Ages conspired to make it up. Clearly, the latter is completely ridiculous. Wikipedia's argument is that it was just a term used to denote unknown and unconquered land, which is equally absurd. So why are they hiding this? Long story short, unraveling the alternative history, and with the help of Newton and Fomenko, we see a new chronology where we're actually only in the year 1300 AD or so. And for the skeptics laughing at this, the irony is that Fomenko was an atheist mathematics and history professor, basing his chronology on science, whereas the chronology that the majority uses is based on the works of an ignorant and religious zealot, Scaliger, who conflated the Middle Ages with fake histories and dates used from made-up sources. So now even the atheist is in a conundrum. If you look at Rome and Turkey, you can see that a massive cataclysm like the apocalypse is what caused all of the melted buildings and complete annihilation of stone architecture. This is something that barbarians couldn't have achieved. If we actually look at the architecture from the so-called quote-unquote dark ages, we actually see a society of highly advanced antiquitech. This society ended with a massive cataclysm known as the mud flood which by means of soil liquefaction sunk the majority of the buildings of the world dozens of feet into the ground. The survivors used the world fairs of the 1800s to control the narrative and create an excuse to get rid of the architecture and technology by means of dynamite and destruction. Are we living in the post-millennial reign? You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. And I've been telling Michelle that she should write a book with a lot of her findings, and she has finally done so. 
two books, actually. The titles are Physical Evidence for the Planetary Grid System and the Suppressed Moorish Worldwide Civilization and Transportation and Other Infrastructure of the Planetary Grid System. You can buy them both at buythisbooktoday.com. Their website is piercingtheveilofillusion.com. And from somewhere in Arizona, just like I am, I'd like to welcome one of our favorite de facto historical detectives, Michelle Gibson. Hello, Michelle, and welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great, Mel. Thank you very much, and thanks for the invitation. Always, always a pleasure. And I honestly, I feel like a kid in a candy store every time I have you here because there's always something new that you discuss. And I follow your blog every time I go there. It's just, Michelle, you're just... You are always, always, always getting ahead of everybody else. So first question I want to ask you before you tell me all the new things that you have come in contact with, do you think if you had received an advanced degree in history, you would be open to receiving this information in the manner you have laid it out in your books and your, uh, your research? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and I tell people that because I loved history when I was growing up. It was one of my favorite subjects in high school, junior high and high school. And um, I just so, um, sopped it up, I guess you could say. And the good thing about it is it gave me a pretty good grounding in what the narrative tells us, which actually does help with this. And um, you're not going to find the history of what I believe the civilization was like and who was responsible for it anywhere in writing. It's just, if it's, you can find it, it's hard to find because it's just been totally suppressed, but it was a very advanced, beautiful civilization. And you can find it when you read between the lines, you can find it when the narrative talks about infrastructure, you can find it when you look at maps or Google earth and you see the same S shapes of rivers all over. You can find it when you start looking at the layout of where the international airports are of major cities, for example, and you'll find at some angle a, tr a track of some kind or a stadium, racetrack, you know, automobile racing or horse racing. Um, and you see that configuration all over the earth. And then you find out that these places are being demolished along with others as well. Um, so when you start seeing the patterns which is something that I'm good at, is pattern recognition. Um, you know, I, I just kind of have this filing cabinet in my brain of all these places I've been looking at since 2018. And I may not recall it off the top of my head, but I can, I can say to myself, okay, I know where to go find this and I'll go look it up and, and just kind of bring it forward. And I've been studying this subject of the Earth's grid system since intensively since June of 2018, which is when I started blogging and making videos. Um, but I actually became originally aware of the, even the idea of the physical layout of the Earth's grid system back in 2010, which when I watched a video by a teacher by the name of John Volo McElzadek, and he did a lot of work to bring back knowledge of sacred geometry and the whole idea that there was a physical grid and at the time, I was thinking, okay, well, that sounds great, but who did it? And that was back in 2010. So it just really feels like my path has been specifically about the, the physical layout of the Earth's grid system, which 
my original research of started in 2016 when I found what's called a star tetrahedron when I connected uh, major cities in North America with the the tetra, star tetrahedron is is like the star of David, and it's also called the Merkaba, but which is the human light body. But the top part of the uh, tetrahedron is in Edmonton, and the bottom part is in Merida, Mexico. And by that time, I knew enough about the ancients and their precision from you know seeing work that other people had done with places that were on alignment that I, I knew what to do, which was basically extend the lines out. And then I wrote all these places down, and then I looked at each of these places. And when I did that, in the process of doing that, um, over a period of time, the existence of the original civilization and how everything looked the same all over the earth and what happened to it with the colonizers and, you know, going straight for the star forts and, you know, all this other stuff. Um, I saw that big picture, um, which has took me a deep into timeline research. And I'm going to talk a lot about that today. And then I followed up on comments that viewers left me, and that took me places that I wouldn't otherwise be looking, like the, the data points that I found on the grids that I found. Um, and then things that I found in my research that caught me as strange, like people I was finding in the National Statuary Hall in Washington, D.C. And I'm thinking, what is that person doing in there? <laughs> and, and so that was another line of inquiry. Um, so it's been an exciting journey, Mel, and it's in in many ways, it's hard to be at this level of awareness, but what I'm finding is that people are, a lot more people are starting to question the narrative and realize something's wrong. And when you even start looking around where you live and you start questioning when they say things were built and that kind of thing, the narrative really does fall apart. Because there's a big disconnect between when we're told something was built, along with what we were told we were capable of at the time, which would have been, for the most part, low technology. And you have examples like the Supreme Court building in Washington, D.C. as having been built during the Depression. <laughs> when there was when sense. there was no money. By the way, let me just interject for one second. But the, one of the things that I always find interesting when you're, you come along is that I have an addiction. I have to confess to people. My addiction is about our hidden history. This is my addiction. It's a, I can't stop. When you say something, for example, you mentioned to me something before we began the interview today about a, a, a place very close to where I am. It's, it's called the A Mountain. A because of the University of Arizona has its logo on this mountain that I've driven by thousands of times. And I've never realized what you said. You said, look at it again. It's a pyramid. So if you go to Google Images, folks, just put A Mountain, Arizona, or Tucson, and you'll see it right there. It just looks like the Bosnian Pyramid. And now you said something interesting, too, that I think you may have said before. But you mentioned the horse tracks or duck tracks. I remember in Miami, right next to the airport, there's a Flagler Greyhound Park. In Tucson, right next to the airport, there's the Greyhound track as well. And in Phoenix, they just closed it down. 1.4 miles away, three minutes from the airport, there was the, the Greyhound Park as well. Why do you think they have these horse tracks or duck tracks right next to international airports? Well, I, I think they're 
they were a part of the original grid system. And so people that investigate ancient temple sites, which has been going on for a long time, and they see the resemblance to a circuit board um, with the ancient temples, let's say Mexico, South America, wherever, but other places as well, not just there, Turkey. Well, this is like a circuit. What most people don't realize is all of the infrastructure on the earth is part of a circuit board or circuitry. And I've done some research on that. Other people are doing research on that. Um, it's It was a free energy generating technology. It was a precise scientific and musical instrument. And they've turned it into a power and control system and an energy harvesting system. So unbeknownst to ourselves, our energy is being harvested. And I think tracks like that, um, greyhound racing and thoroughbred racing, um, I think they're harnessing the not only the energies of the race and the circuit and whatever's going on with the circuit, but also the human energy because you have betting going on there. You have high emotions, intensities. Um, and the significant point, Mel, is that that same config- fig- configuration is everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. Is there a connection between this and, and let's been- say, uh, what do you call that? Uh, merry-go-rounds, merry-go-rounds around the world, but especially one I've been, I'm told the one in Disneyland that is positioned in a very specific area. And instead of going one way, I'm, I'm not sure. I think they go clockwise. This one goes counterclockwise. So one of the, one of the others. Have you heard about that? There's something with carousels. carousels I, I have yeah. not delved into that too much, but I can tell you that um, along with everything else, I don't think they were built when we were told and that there was a function of, merry-go-rounds with the original civilization. Um, I found one in New York State for the next research that I'm doing uh, in the Hudson River Valley. There's a merry-go-round at Bear Valley or Bear Bear Mountain State Historical Park or State Park. And there's a lot of really interesting stuff that's coming out in the process of doing the research because I'm focusing on star forts and historical amusement parks and trolley parks. And it's yielding quite a bit of information. But to get back to your question, there's some kind of connection with what carousels are actually doing and and the whole system. And, and I think Earth was like a grand central station for the universe and that there is some role that Earth played in keeping the universe in harmony and balance um, that got disrupted with whatever took place here. And um, we talked a little bit earlier. Um, I'm just going to share that in the course of my research, I have come across, to me, very solid evidence that our perception of time, space, and place has been tampered with, most definitely. And so if we're not on a spinning ball, um, everything is spinning around Earth. And I'm very comfortable with that idea. It's not what my, what drives my research. What drives my research is this original civilization, who it was, how it was hidden from us, who hid it, um, what their actual agenda is. And, you know, there's so much we're seeing play out now, which is actually helpful to somebody that's looking into hidden history because it's becoming real. You know, it's kind of moving into the 
somewhere out there into what's going on. Um, but, you know, I'll just share a little bit here. I think this is a good place, Mel, for me to talk about what I would call the construction of an, of an occulted timeline, because I believe everything we know of was inserted or grafted onto the infrastructure of the original civilization. And we've just been given a story to explain its existence and a very flimsy story at that. You know, so I encourage people just go out into your own communities and look at the older buildings in your communities and ask yourself the question, does that story even make sense Um, of when this courthouse was built or this museum or this, you know, beautiful mansion or whatever. The examples are endless. Um, so, Mel, I'm going to go ahead and share the occulted timeline that I've sure. identified because it gets into what I'm going to talk about with the the tampering of our perception of space and time. Sure. Okay, cool. So, I guess it was around 2019. I started doing my my own original research in June of 2018 when I started blogging, and then I made videos from my blog posts. And I was drawn to consider the years of 1492 and 1942 as boundary years for a new timeline that was somehow inserted over the Earth's original original history. There are 450 years between 1492 and 1942, and at 225 years, the midpoint year is 1717. There are nine 50-year periods between 1492 and 1942, and a lot of significant historical events happened in our narrative in the 40, 41, 42, and 90, 91, 92 years between 1492 and 1942. And just to go back in time a little bit, this first part on papal bulls is a little bit before 1492. But again, I think they're constructing the timeline to lay the foundation for their takeover of everything. So the Unum Sanctum papal bull was issued in 1302 by the Pope, proclaiming all human creatures needed to be subjects of the Roman pontiff for salvation. And then after that, in 1452, the Dum Diversus papal bull, papal bull um, granted Portugal full and free right to subjugate unbelievers and, re- and reduce them to perpetual slavery. The 1455 Romanus Pontifex papal bull confirmed Portugal's dominion over all lands discovered or conquered during the Age of Discovery and permission for their enslavement. And then 1493, inter the Pope gave Castile authorization for the land grab of the New World. So those bulls laid the foundation for what became known as the Doctrine of Discovery. And the Doctrine of Discovery was used as legal justification for taking the lands of North America, for example. And a Supreme Court ruling in 1823, um, the Supreme Court ruled that the Native people didn't own their land because of those papal bulls <laughs> and all the things that were laid out that the Lewis and Clark expedition, for example, met the criteria of. Um, so that their lands were taken away from them. And it goes deeper than that, but just to kind of give you an idea. So I'm saying 1492 is one end of this new timeline. And I don't know if you knew Mel or not, but 1492 was the year that the grammar of the Castilian language was published, and it was the first grammar of a modern European language to be published, and that took place in 1492. 
I did hear about that. And I've also told, been told that people in other parts. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.